You're listening to a podcast from Northern Lights Metropolitan Community Church. This is highlights from our weekly service. My friends, both old and new, you are welcome to tonight's service. If you're joining us for the first time, we are Northern Lights Metropolitan Community Church. We're part of an international communion of churches that celebrate and rejoice in the inclusive love of God. As Christians around the world, we continue to rejoice in Christ's resurrection. It's why I'm still dressed like this and not wearing my jeans and shirt. We are called to be an Easter people, a people who, even in the darkest of times, are rooted in the promise of Jesus, that through him we become children of the living God. Let us light our Easter candles as a reminder of the new life we have in Jesus. We are quickly heading towards the end of Eastertide, and the readings begin to remind us that Jesus who had remained after his resurrection for 40 days, eating and drinking with his disciples and his followers, that he must return to God. Our first reading shows us how the church, guided by the Holy Spirit, grows and develops. And in our second reading, we hear Jesus telling the disciples that he must return to God. To the eternal mansion to be able to prepare a place for each of them and each one of us. Let us pray. Loving God, you have called out to a distant people and made yourself known through the teaching, example and sacrifice of your son. He shares his life with us and like him we too have become your children. May his spirit shine brightly in our every word and deed. And like him, may we always seek to give you glory. Through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. The first reading is taken from the book of Acts, chapter 6, verses 1 to 7. Sometime later, as the number of disciples kept growing, there was a quarrel between the Greek-speaking Jews and the native Jews. The Greek-speaking Jews claimed that their widows were being neglected in the daily distribution of funds. So the twelve apostles called the whole group of believers together and said, It's not right for us to neglect the preaching of God's word in order to handle finances. So then, brothers and sisters, choose seven men among you, who are known to be full of the Holy Spirit and wisdom, and we will put them in charge of this matter. We ourselves, then, will work, giving our full time to prayer and the work of preaching. The whole group was pleased with the Apostles' proposal, and so they chose Stephen, a man full of faith in the Holy Spirit, and Philip, Prochorus, Nicanor, Timon, Parmenas, and Nicholas, a Gentile from Antioch who had earlier converted to Judaism. The group presented them to the apostles, 
who prayed and placed their hands on them. And so the word of God continued to spread, and the number of disciples in Jerusalem grew larger and larger, and a greater number of priests accepted the faith. This is the word of the Lord. A reading from the book of John. Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. My father's house has many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, so that you too may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to God except through me. If you really know me, you will know my loving parent as well. From now on, you do know God. You have seen God. Philip said, Lord, show us your loving parent, and that will be enough for us. Jesus answered, Don't you know me, Philip, even after I have been with you such a long time? Anyone who has seen me has seen God. How can you say, show us the Father? Don't you believe that I am in them and that they are in me? The words I say to you, I do not speak with my own authority. Rather, it is God living in me who is doing that work. Believe me when I say that I am in God and God is in me. Or at least believe on the evidence of the works themselves. Very truly, I tell you, whoever believes in me will do the works I have been doing and they will do even greater things than these, because I am going to our creator God, parent of all, in heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be found acceptable to you, O God. Quite a few times in St John's Gospel, we read of Jesus saying, I am something or other. And in tonight's reading, it's, I am the way, the truth and the life. In the very early days of the church, when the apostles were going around all over the place, preaching what was then a new faith, Christianity itself was called the way. That brings in the idea of movement, of, of change. There can be nothing static about being on the way. Sometimes Christian life is thought of as being a pilgrimage, another word that carries pictures of moving along, of going somewhere. Pilgrimages have been popular for many hundreds of years. Europeans have long gone 
to the Holy Land on pilgrimage. And in England, many people used to go on pilgrimage to Canterbury to visit the spot where Archbishop Thomas of Becket had been murdered. And nearer home, of course, people used to go to Durham, where St Cuthbert is buried. And pilgrimage is not confined to Christians, of course. Think of all the Muslims who go to Mecca each year. We can understand various journeys as being going on pilgrimage. Most years, several members of this church go to the Greenbelt Christian Festival. I've been to Iona several times, that island off the west coast of Scotland, which sent Aden to Northumberland to convert the rather wild Northeasterners back in the 7th century. And I've been to the community of Teze in France more than a dozen times. Its 70 or so members come from lots of different countries and many different branches of the Christian Church. And in a normal year, thousands of people, mostly young, visit Teze to think and learn about the faith, to share in the worship with the brothers, and to share each other's companionship. Typically, that can be quite hard work going on pilgrimage. The first time I went to Teze, we travelled on, I think it was about eight trains, a bus, and had to walk up quite a steep hill at the end of it all. There are other ways, easier ones, but that certainly isn't an easy way. But wherever you go, You've got the packing to do, and it's quite likely to be in a, in a rucksack rather than a suitcase. And when you get to your destination, the odds are that you're not going to have all the home comforts that you're used to. Going on pilgrimage calls for effort and perhaps sacrifice. But eventually, after it all, we return home. And here's another thing about pilgrimage. We return home changed. You've gone away with a purpose, and if you put that into words, it'll be something like trying to, trying to open yourself more to God in a place where it's possible to concentrate on doing that. A thin place, as Iona has been called. And who knows what that change is going to be? That's up to God. But whatever it is, it will nurture us on our way, in some respect or other, big or small. Now, of all people, of course, the person who most completely travelled the way of Christ was Christ himself. We've just been resurrected, we've just been celebrating the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And I suggest that in that story, there's an important hinge moment. This hinge is focused on the time Jesus spent in the Garden of Gethsemane, where he simply had to wait. He waited. Jesus had been active for about three years, preaching and proclaiming the kingdom of God, giving life and value 
to those who were at the bottom of the social heap. In the garden, he was handed over to the Jewish authorities and from then on ceased being active and became passive. That's where the word passion comes from, as does the word patient. Jesus said very little during his trials. Things were done to him rather than him doing anything. It seems that, having done all he could to persuade people of the truth of his message, all he could do now was, in a sense, say to the authorities, over to you. He put his own life on the line, and depending on the authorities' decision, he would live or die. If they chose in favour of Jesus, though there was the danger of social unrest, with the, with the Romans then coming in heavy-handed to, to enforce an artificial peace. This would mean the Jewish leaders losing such power as they had. So, of course, they chose power over truth. But in all that waiting, Jesus was still on the way, as it were. He never ceased being the way, the truth, and the life. Now, we're all familiar with having to wait for something or other, perhaps buses, the metro, the telephone answering service, not to mention people in hospital, people at home waiting for the carer to turn up. And now we're all waiting. We're all in the same way passive in comparison with what we have been before this COVID-19 turned up. In that respect, we are having to be with Christ in the garden, just waiting. And in waiting, we can remember people around the world whose waiting is far more desperate than ours is. People in overcrowded refugee camps, for instance. And, in, and all our COVID-19 waiting is in the context of some greater disaster that is looming, the irreversible global heating. But we've travelled through life and we are where we are. I wonder if we can see our lives travelling as a pilgrimage and our life in this present period as, a, as being a place of pilgrimage. As I said at the beginning, after a pilgrimage, we go home changed in some way. Our lives, our priorities, our relationship with our spiritual home, our relationship with God. And eventually, we go back to normal living changed. So that in fact, it isn't normal living at all. And perhaps it won't be normal living when this COVID-19 crisis has abated. It could, though, be a means of following the way more truthfully towards life in all its fullness. I said towards the beginning of this sermon that it's up to God how we might return from pilgrimage changed. That means life might not be easy. But listen to some words of Dag Hammarskjöld. Dag Hammarskjöld was Secretary General of the United Nations 
and he died in a plane crash in Zambia while he was on a peace mission there in 1961. And he produced, he left behind him a collection of poems and meditations and so on. Here's a bit of one of them. Weep if you can, weep, but do not complain. The way chose you, and you must be thankful. Amen. Good evening. In our Northern Lights Church, we light a candle every week at our time of prayer to remind ourselves that our denomination of the Metropolitan Community Church was set up in the 1980s in response to the exclusion of some people from the support of Christian churches. We believe that the love of Jesus extends to everyone because Jesus assured us that his father's house had many rooms. As Jesus said, if that were not so, would I have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you? So I now light a candle as a physical reminder to us once again that in the Father's house there are no unacceptable occupants. Just as Jesus loved those in the 1980s who caught the HIV infection and were often treated as outcasts as they were dying of AIDS. I now invite you to join with me in some prayers of intercession. We pray for those dealing with the physical, emotional and social consequences of becoming infected with HIV and those suffering from AIDS, either those directly involved or involved because of the illness or death of a loved one. We pray for those dealing with the physical, emotional and social consequences of becoming afflicted by all ailments and infected with all diseases, particularly those suffering from COVID-19, either those directly involved themselves or involved because of the illness or death of a loved one. We pray particularly at this time for those unable to be in direct contact with family or friends as death approaches. And we pray for their loved ones unable to join together during the time of suffering and time of death. We pray for all those working in the health and social care sector and for their families. And we bring before you those known personally to us. We pray for essential workers in other sectors and for their families. And we bring before you those known personally to us. We pray for those who are struggling to cope with lockdown and isolation. And we bring before you those known personally to us. We pray for the government of the United Kingdom that our leaders will find a way forward which takes account of the needs of those in fear, in distress and in poverty.
We pray for all those who feel forgotten by society, who feel forgotten by Christianity, or who feel forgotten by you. And we bring before you those known personally to us. We pray for our church community in the Northeast, for our pastor, and for all associated with Northern Lights and Rainbow Home, especially those whose special needs have been made known, made known to our pastoral support team, and also those whose needs are known personally to us. We pray for those closest to us and we bring before you their concerns and their fears. And finally, we pray for ourselves as we remind ourselves of the well-known words of comfort recorded in St John's Gospel. Let not our hearts be troubled. Thank you for joining together with me in our prayers of intercession when we brought before God some immediate concerns from the perspective of our particular time in history and our specific location in the universe. This topical context brings meaning to the words of Jesus, let not your hearts be troubled. But it's also comforting to know that the love of Jesus extends across the centuries and across the world with all Christians in time and space uniting in prayer in accordance with the words of the Lord's Prayer. So I now invite you to join with me and with all Christians in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation but deliver us from evil for thine is the kingdom the power and the glory forever and ever amen and together let us say the grace. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. Go in the peace of the risen Christ. Thanks be to God. Have a fantastic week. God bless. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about what we do, you can find us on social media or visit our website, northernlightsmcc.org.uk.